Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, I played this clip at the top of the show this morning, but I think it's worth playing again for the day that's in it. This is Ruth Morrissey speaking outside the High Court after her court case win. What can I say? I think I'd be in this position because our Taoiseach told us that none of, this, none of us have to go through this. But unfortunately, um, I'm the one who had to. So I hope that's a positive thing for the women who are left that they don't need to do this. And fight for what? Is there right? Um, to have a good life of what they've left. Um, I'd encourage every woman to continue on getting their spirits because it's very important, even though it failed me. Um, but it does save many, many lives and it's a great hope that we need, need um, to the HPV. If you're eligible, please get it. And this is not a construction um, And I'd just like to thank men here for being my rock. At the centre of a media storm there, Ruth Morrissey speaking so bravely. Vicky Phelan joins us this morning. Good morning, Vicky. Hi, good morning, Gillian. How are you? How are you? More to the point. Not an easy day for you. No, not an easy day, no. Uh, thankfully, the kids are away. They were going down to my parents. Um, they're heading off camping today, actually, down to Killarney for a few days. So it was actually just... Uh, good timing that they were they were gone because you know yourself now you get news like that you just it's very hard sometimes when the kids are here because I've had this news a few times over the last two years really of women dying the result of this um, and you're trying to put up a brave face uh, at least I didn't have to do that yesterday I, I didn't even get dressed till four o'clock <laughs> I just wanted the humour you know kind of even though I've been waiting for the news for a few weeks you know because I knew Things weren't good, you know, the Pembro had stopped working and she'd had uh, a scan that revealed new tumours and she had she was in and out of the hospice quite a bit um, with pain, so I could see where it was going, but at the same time you just hope that, uh, you know, she did kind of come around last year, she was in it for six weeks last year actually after the court case uh, finished and uh, she came out of it, you know, I remember joking afterwards saying to her, I said, Jesus, I thought you would be coming out of here, you know, and she said, neither did I. So, you know, she was, she was a great fighter um, and she had to put up with an awful lot. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of women over the last few years with the same uh, cancer, but um, of all of the women, Ruth had the most complications um, that I've ever met. You know, she had had so many complications with uh, where she had her tumours. One was pressing on her spine and she was in on crutches for a long time and then ended up in a wheelchair. I mean, she just had a very poor quality of life for the last couple of months, but she never complained. You know, she never, I don't think, I've never seen her without a smile on her face and a joke. You know, she was always one of the jokes. Wow. Vicky, you say that it's news that you've got several times, you know, over various women. Mm. Um, this was a Limerick woman. Did that make it any different? Oh, I did because we, sure, I mean, we live less than a mile away from each other. She lived up the road in, in, in Mona Lane, I'm just down in Anacotti. So once we kind of made contact uh, towards, uh, I think, kind of the start of October 2018, we would have met regularly enough for coffee. You know, uh, initially at the start when she was well, we'd meet outside at the house. You know, we'd meet down at the Castle Drive Park Hotel or we'd meet in Hook and Ladder or, you know, locally for coffee. And then when she was kind of restricted when the tumour started pressing on her spine, I'd generally go to her go to her house or I'd pick her up and we'd go somewhere, you know. So we would have met far more regularly than I would have with some of the other women, you know, because simply due to the fact that we lived close to each other and so we saw each other an awful lot more. Kian O'Carroll was on the programme in the first hour and spoke very, very powerfully about Ruth and about her, her case and also 
about her treatment at the hands mm. of the state and, and that lack of apology. How much yeah. did that hurt? Yeah, that hurt an awful lot. I think yesterday, you know, was a mixture for me and Keane was the same when, when I rang him when we were speaking about it. Uh, we were both feeling exactly the same, sad but angry, you know, angry because of the way she was treated. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, my court case only lasted four days. I was the first one to come along, so I kind of caught them by surprise, I suppose, and it was settled. And, and you know, even though it was hard to do and I was very sick at the time, you know, it was over and done within four or five days. Uh, uh, Ruth's case was the you know the longest uh, running medical negligence case in the history of the state, and she's a terminally ill woman. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of her court case, when she finished last year, uh, you know she ended up in the hospital for six weeks. Do you know what I mean? And 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 for the state and the HSC to do that to a terminally ill woman, it just beggars belief. Do you know what I mean? I think they they have a lot to answer for fighting terminally ill women in court. At least they've broken promises. You know the Taoiseach and Ruth mentioned that in her statement. You know, promising that no woman would have to go to court after after my case. That did not happen, and is still not happening. Uh, and the HSC have still not introduced or implemented open disclosure. You know, all of this came about because women weren't told the truth. Um, so, like, there's a lot of a lot of broken promises and a, and a list of stuff that has not been fulfilled. And I'm, I'm angry. I really am angry at this point about about it all. And, and here's another woman who's had to lose her life at the age of 39 as as a result of it. Vicky, one of the callers to the programme this morning made the point that it is the state's job to defend the taxpayers' money. But the state does not pay, and this is what pisses me off, I'm sorry to use that word now, but I'm angry at the moment. The state has not paid a single cent of the payouts to these women. The state has only paid, in my case, and I can speak about that because mine is settled, 25,000 out of my 2.5 million was paid out of state coffers. The rest of the money came from the labs because it was the labs that paid out, because they were the ones who were liable. So, you know, these people out there who have this assumption that uh, these women, like me, uh, are going to bring the state down and cost us a fortune, we are not. It is the labs who the state uh, are indemnified against who can claim that money back, who are paying for these payouts. So it's not the state's coffers. Okay, well, that's something that I'm very glad you made that point and clarified that this morning. Um, Ruth made the point there... uh, in that very brave speech she made outside the High Court, she called on people to continue to get their their smear tests done, also people to take up the HPV vaccine. That's also something that you've been very vocal about as well. And, and you've also spoken about the fact that screening, you know, had that huge cessation during lockdown. Yes. I have because, you know, I mean, I've, you know, I've just kind of told you some of the type of complications that Ruth has had uh, as a result of this disease. This is not a cancer that you want to get, you know, and this is a cancer that is preventable if, if people vaccinate their children and if women continue to go for smears. And, you know, in, hopefully in the next 15 to 20 years, we will be at a point like they are in Australia, almost at this point, of eradicating this virus because if we have enough uh, herd immunity and enough children being vaccinated against it, you know, we will be at a point where, you know, women will not have to suffer this awful disease. And I've spoken about it, you know, often enough at this stage, Gillian, you know, the side effects from this cancer are horrendous, apart from the fact that, you know, if you get it uh, at an advanced stage like I do or Ruth does, you know, I'm going to die. I mean, that's an an inevitability. It's it's not that I'm going to survive this. I'm not. My my time is ticking as well, but, you know, I'm just doing well at the moment. But, you know, I probably only have another two years at the most, you know, and that's the reality. There is no cure for this disease. And, you know, at the end, you know, at the end, you know, you're, you're, the side effects are horrendous. You know, the pain is awful. You get tumours everywhere. You, you know, Ruth ended up in a wheelchair. 
Um, you know, and at the earlier stages, even if you don't end up with the, the advanced stages of it, you know, you end up going into early menopause, and this is happening to women in their early 30s, late 20s, can't have uh, enjoy a sex life. I mean, it's, it's an awful disease to get, and that's why I'm always consistently encouraging women to continue to go for smears because, you know, uh, smear tests and the HPV vaccine are the only way of picking up this disease at an early stage, and that's why I advocate for them, because if you pick it up earlier, you have a better chance of getting a cure if it's, uh, you know, you get it at a later stage, you know, unfortunately there is no cure for it and you're in a situation like mine fighting to stay here for the rest of your life. Vicky, how how do you cope with, I suppose, resisting being, I know you're angry, but there doesn't sound like there's bitterness in you. It's anger, yes, but not bitterness. And you say they're possibly looking at two years and we're stuck in a pandemic and we can't go anywhere and we can't see our family as much and as frequently as we would like to, family and friends or whatever. How are you coping with that? It's been tough, um, I have to say. I, you know, I won't lie to you, it's been very hard. But, you know, I was lucky, I suppose, at the end of June when things opened up a bit that I was able to get down and see my parents. My parents live down in Kilkenny, so, you know, even with 20 kilometre kind of... Um, um, increase that didn't allow me to get down to see my parents so I had to wait until the end of June to go see them now I'm lucky my parents are in their late 60s they're young and they're both quite healthy so I didn't have to worry about them too much during the lockdown and anyway I'd see them again but at the same time with this disease you never know you know and that was a big worry at the start but I thought my god if you know if if things get worse and I start getting uh, you know if I get any new tumours you know I could end up in hospital and not see any of my family you know and and unfortunately you know that's why I was so angry I suppose about you know Ruth's situation uh, apart from the way she was treated is you know with Covid she didn't get to see a lot of her friends I didn't get to see her over the last number of weeks because she was in a hospice and you know they were only allowing immediate family um so, you know, it, it, the COVID situation just makes things a lot more difficult for everybody. But I'm very thankful that I have two children. My kids are nearly, you know, my daughter's nearly 15, my son is nine. So I just use the time uh, and, and kind of spend it with them, you know. And for me, I, I, that's the way I looked at it. I looked at the positives of being able to spend more time with my children, which I did because if they were in school and I was kind of, you know, doing my usual stuff, I could be gone to Dublin one or two days a week. So I wasn't. I was here with them and it was great, you know. So I'm thankful for the time I got with the kids and the fact that I've been able to see my parents. Uh, but it is it is hard um, and that's why I've been so good at kind of, you know, following the, the, the advice and really kind of isolating myself because, you know, I suppose the way I look at it is I'm stubborn. I, you know, I've gotten this far and I'm still alive. I don't want to be taken down by a virus. You know, it's as simple as that. Do you get angry about people who might complain about the fact that the pubs aren't open or that they might have to wear a mask? I do. Those two ones in particular, I just think, you know, I mean, it's been proven now with the mask wearing, you know, there's been lots of stuff uh, online about it that, you know, people have this this uh, uh, false assumption that you're not going to be able to breathe properly through a mask. That's not correct at all. You're still breathing, you know, with a, an oxygen machine on 99%. It's, you know, it's not affecting your breathing. Now, obviously, there are cases where there are people who have, uh, you know, medical conditions and that's fine. But for the, you know, the vast majority of people, mask wearing, you know, should should not cause any problems and, you know, if it's to help uh, protect somebody else and it's just selfish, I think, you know, that where, that where you have people who are not thinking of other people, they're just thinking of themselves um, and you have to think of others, protect others. You know, there are others who are much more medically vulnerable who, who we have to think about in this country. 
Okay, well, Vicky, you're always an inspiration. Uh, we've had a caller on this morning say that he hopes you run for president after Michael D, that you'd have his vote um, and many others in the country. I'm sure you have far better things to be doing, but I know many people would support you in that or even directly elected mayor of, of Limerick. Um, but you're an inspiration and really thank you so much for coming on the programme this morning to talk about Ruth Morrissey, who was an absolute inspiration in her own right as well. Yes, she was. And, um, you know, I, I suppose if I can just leave with this, you know, Ruth uh, would be delighted. I think there was a legacy and it's one thing that I'm going to start pushing now uh, and fighting for because I'd like to see it myself, you know, that we bring screen- screening home. You know, that's one thing that Ruth and myself spoke about a lot. You know, if, if we had screening services here in this country and brought them back home at the moment, we're only doing 10% of them, um, that that would be a huge legacy for Ruth and other women who are going to die from this cancer. Okay, Vicky Phelan, thanks for your time this morning. Not at all, thank you. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.